Welcome to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. Our theme this week is not for the faint of heart, as we will be discussing attacks that were fueled by cannibalism. Melissa is going to start by telling Jackie about the notorious Causeway Cannibal, also known as the Miami Zombie Case. Please be aware that this episode will discuss drug use, domestic abuse, cannibalism, and a graphic crime scene. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody. Welcome to Ew That's Creepy Podcast. Jackie and I are here today with another spooky episode, and this one is getting really spooky. Kind of gross. Definitely a trigger warning for the next two episodes, because this theme is killer cannibals. So, I think it's pretty clear right off the jump, if that is not your vibe. We totally get it, but this episode and the next one will not be for you. I'm surprised this is even your vibe, Jackie. Jackie's biggest fear is cannibals. <laughs> it literally is. Like, I don't, I don't even know what about that concept is horrifying to me, but it, I don't, like, get nauseous that often, but it's the type of thing I think about and, like, makes my stomach turn just thinking about consuming human flesh. Oh. Well, I'm very sorry to tell you this tale today, <laughs> because there will be the consumption of human flesh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. So, I am going to start by telling Jackie... About the nicknamed Miami Zombie Case, or <gasps> also known as the Causeway Cannibal. I was gonna say, if you're in the U.S., I feel like this was notorious when it happened. I didn't remember it. Really? <laughs> no. I, like, afterwards, I did remember what people were saying about it, but I don't actually remember this happening. I think I just remember the aftermath and, like, people saying, you know, kind of a Florida man story, but I don't actually remember in 2012 when this happened. I kind of, I remember it happening. I don't remember the details, to be honest, so let's hear it. I also didn't know that there was an 18-minute surveillance video that captured a lot of this attack. Ew. Yeah, I mean, the majority of it was off screen, but you could see, like, legs and stuff struggling. So I didn't know either that this also kind of went viral before the days of going viral because of that video. Who's surveillance? It was... We'll get into it, but okay. because of the location, like I said, this is sometimes known as the Causeway Cannibal because it happened on the MacArthur Causeway, which is basically this huge highway linking parts of Miami to South Beach and things like that. And the location of where it was, they had surveillance buildings from businesses along the side. 
and it was next to train tracks and stuff. So there just like was surveillance on the location underneath the tracks. That makes sense. Like I said, not fully. The camera wasn't actually underneath the tracks, but it was just like pointing to this one spot right where the attack happened. Like I said, this was in 2012, May 26th in Miami, Florida. So on that date, Miami police started to receive a couple phone calls from some motorists and a cyclist who claimed that they saw a naked man starting to attack what appeared to be a homeless man. Oh, no. Then police started to receive calls that the naked man was apparently eating the flesh of the homeless man's face. Ugh. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Our main person who we will be talking about today, his name was Rudy Eugene. He was born on February 4th, 1981 in Miami, Florida. His parents were immigrants who came to the United States from Haiti. They divorced shortly after Rudy was born Sadly, his father never contacted him again once he divorced Rudy's mother, and he died without getting contact, without getting into contact with him. I believe that Rudy actually thought his stepfather was his father for much of his childhood. So that was a little sad and um, a sad part of his upbringing, but the rest of his childhood was pretty normal by all standards. Rudy attended Sunday church services routinely with his mother while growing up. Religion was a huge part of his life. The Bible was a huge part of his life. People said that from a young age, he often had a Bible on person. In adulthood, his mother even said that he would never not have his Bible on person. That's how much it meant to him. So his faith was a huge part of his life. During high school, Rudy played on the football team for a couple years. People said he really loved football. He loved cars. Really just your normal kind of American young man growing up. Nothing out of the ordinary, honestly. Following high school, Rudy did float around between small jobs that were minimum wage type jobs He worked at a couple fast food restaurants, sold CDs at one point, um, I believe did some telemarketing. At age 24, Rudy got married to a young Miami woman, so that was in 2005. However, within a year and a half or a little bit longer, his wife had filed for divorce in 2007 She told the courts that Rudy had been abusive to her. The relationship obviously ended tumultuously because they had no communication between the two of them. They didn't have children, but they didn't stay friends. They had nothing. Like, ties were severed. Yikes. His wife later, after the events, recounted that Rudy was always really paranoid She didn't think that he had a mental illness or anything like that. Not that she would name, but she just said that he was extremely paranoid. It was out of the usual, his level. He just always kind of thought that someone was out to get him, which played into their split. After that, Rudy took up a job at a car washing company. 
he was very interested in that. He told, um, he told coworkers and friends that he would like to open his own business one day. Some articles said it was car washing. Others said it was car detailing. Either way, he said that he wanted to open his own business working on cars. Following his divorce, Rudy did get into a new relationship with another young woman from Miami. Her name is different in different sources. Some sources just say his girlfriend. Some sources give a name. In some, they give a name, but it's different than the other one. So I don't know if her name is actually public. I'll just say Rudy's girlfriend because she, in the early articles, didn't want to be named. So, like, I don't really want to say her name if she still doesn't want to. So I'll just say his current girlfriend at the time. She has been very outspoken about him. She said that he was amazing. He was a great partner. She had three children that were ranging in ages. One was very young and Rudy was apparently great with her kids. They had, they spent time together. She said that he would come to family events, to game night. She also had a deep passion for her faith. So the two would have conversations about religion. They would read the Bible together. They apparently had a great relationship. She also said that Rudy did not drink or do drugs. She had only seen him smoke a marijuana cigarette on one occasion. And she said that was the extent of any partying that he did. There were friends, though, and it is obvious that Rudy did smoke marijuana. He did have a possession charge for marijuana and friends said that he smoked marijuana. So he, I am assuming he did it in front of her, but, and he didn't have a drug problem. That is for sure. But there are reports that he did smoke marijuana. However, Rudy's girlfriend, all of his friends, they speak the world of him. He did sound like a great person, but... He did have some police records. When he was just 16, he had his first run-in with the law. The article said it was battery, but there weren't any details, I believe, because the report was dropped because he was 16. The one big part, the one main arrest that we'll talk about, because he had some marijuana possession, kind of petty crimes, but in 2004... Rudy actually became the first individual who ever was tased by the North Miami Beach Police Department. Officers responded to reports that Rudy was attacking his mother and that he was threatening to kill her. When police arrived at the scene, they could hear that there was a commotion inside. They could hear objects being thrown and yelling. When they asked Rudy to come out and were asking him questions, he apparently was very belligerent. He wasn't listening to them. He didn't want to go down to the station quietly or anything like that. So the officers that day were forced to pull out their stun guns and use them. They had to shoot thrice at Rudy before he could finally be collected. So he did have to get tasered. Not very, uh, obviously not a great time. 
Wait, where did this happen? At his at, home? At his mother's home. Oh, okay. So she, of course, after the events, always said how much she loved her son. She never said anything bad about him, as any mother would. But at the same time, he clearly did lash out at least once. And so she would kick him out sometimes, too, as well. I think that his mom was just kind of on him because he didn't have a steady job and he just blew up. But the reason I bring it up is just, you know, he he did have some arrests, although they were petty, but that time seemed a little, a little much. He had another arrest in 2008 for petty crimes. I believe that one was the possession of marijuana. But when he went to a judge in 2008, a judge believed that Rudy would not commit further criminal, criminal acts. So the last charge was suspended. So it seems like the judge thought he was pretty well off and fine. Right. So he had one kind of like whoopsie, but besides that, he didn't, he wasn't a menace or anything. He seemed very normal. And like I said, all his friends, family, and his girlfriend said he was great. Everyone makes mistakes. His ex doesn't really seem to think so, but not all exes will give a great story, but... Yeah, so that all of us, that was kind of just a brief background, but that was where Rudy was at in his life when the events took place. He was still working at the car washing business in 2012 when he was 31. Like I said at the beginning, the event took place on May 26, 2012. Rudy's girlfriend claimed that he was acting a little strange. He was up early. It was like, I believe, 5 a.m., rifling through her clothes, rifling through his clothes. She said he seemed like he was looking for something, but he wasn't saying what he was looking for or that he was. He kind of was just throwing clothes around in a frenzy. Like, had he been up or he just woke up and started doing this? I don't know. No one is, no one asked her that or anything. She just said that early that morning that that was when he was doing his behavior seemed a little strange. And then he said that he was going to a friend's house. Again, he didn't say what he would be doing. I think it was just assumed he was going to hang out. I also don't know if, because they were just dating, I don't know if she kept tabs on him like that. She did say that they were at the level in life where they said, in the future, we will get married. In the future, you know, it would be nice. But they weren't like, I don't think she kept tabs on him 24-7. So he just said after he was going through stuff, that he was going to a friend's house and that he loved her and he left. He drove to his friend's house. He asked the friend if he wanted to attend Urban Beach Weekend with him in Miami, which is a huge Memorial Day festival. Basically, a bunch of people go down to the beach and party, that kind of thing. The friend had to work, though, that weekend, and so they could not attend But Rudy decided to still go by himself. He parked his car close to the event because he drove into Miami. He went to the festivities, but following his little party at the beach, Rudy couldn't get his car to start back up. I don't know, too, just because this was in 2012 and 
it was a criminal case, but I don't know if police confirmed his car wouldn't start or for some reason he didn't drive it. You know, like, was he somehow in a strange mindset because we're going to talk about that and he couldn't start it or the car would not start? You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way, he didn't drive the car. He instead decided to walk, which would be a couple miles, and he would have to walk on the MacArthur Causeway, that six-lane causeway that linked Miami to South Beach. And it was 90 degrees that day in Miami, so it was hot. Scorching. Scorching. You did not want to be walking on the causeway for a couple miles that day, but unfortunately, that is where Rudy is at. I could see, though, if your car wouldn't start and you had to walk in that hot of weather, how it could really piss you off. He actually, as Rudy was walking, started to take his clothes off and leave them and empty out his pockets. His driver's license was found strewn along the highway, along with his shirt and items that were in his pockets. There were also some Bible verses that were strewn along with him. I believed he had ripped the pages out and taken them, but just a couple little odds and ends he was dropping as he walked along the causeway. When Rudy got to, there was an area where the causeway became elevated with tracks for the Metro Mover, which is a large transit train that shuttles people around Miami. So when there were the tracks, it was elevated and there was a space below which homeless people would kind of sleep under because it was shady and a cooler area. Rudy noticed that there was an elderly, what appeared to be homeless man laying in the shade below the tracks. Like I said, because of that location, there is a surveillance camera that was pointed in that area. No one is entirely sure why the next events happened, but Rudy approached the man. His name was Ronald Popo. He was a 65-year-old homeless man. Rudy approached him, said a couple things. He got worked up, and he tried to take the man's pants off, not in a sexual way, almost as if he was, like, trying to take them. The man obviously protested, and Rudy just began this attack. He began punching and violently beating the man before he started to bite and tear at the man's flesh with his teeth, and there were a lot of passing cyclists and motorists. It was like two in the day. Two during the day. And there's obviously a nearby event. Memorial Day weekend. So thankfully, people saw and quickly called the police. There were cyclists and motorists who called, like I said, saying that they were seeing a naked man attacking another man under the causeway where the Metro Mover tracks were. The attack continued for 18 minutes before an officer arrived. I'm not saying that, like, it's bad because you're in the city of Miami and it's hard to get to certain spots because, like, the causeway's linking some areas that are totally surrounded by water. But we know it's 18 minutes because of the surveillance footage. So that attack just continued for that long. 
That's so scary thinking someone would just continuously attack for 18 minutes for no reason. It really is like a zombie movie when there's just no stopping. Like, it's just so sad. When an officer arrived, their name was Jose Ramirez. Officer Ramirez arrived thinking a physical dispute was happening. I don't, he wasn't informed the level of the violence because no one knew at that time yet. No one walked down and really like saw close. When Officer Ramirez approached the scene, he saw a naked man on top of an elderly man. He said he had to do a literal double take because he then noticed that Rudy was tearing away the man's flesh with his teeth, specifically around the face and above the man's beard. Ramirez yelled out to Rudy, telling him to stop or that the officer would have to shoot. However, Rudy apparently looked up at the officer and growled before continuing to go back to the attack. That's so creepy. Officer Ramirez had no other choice but to shoot. He shot once at Rudy and the shot had no effect at all. Apparently, he just still continued to attack Ronald. Officer Ramirez then shot Rudy four times when he finally fell limp next to his victim, Ronald. Holy crap. I will say, too, I just want to point out this. I'm not going to give my opinion, but people have pointed out that there is another case where there was a cannibalistic attack with a young white college kid. People do point out that when it was someone who was black, he was shot four times and died at the scene. And again, when it was that white frat kid, he wasn't shot at all and he was taken into custody. I don't know, but I thought that was interesting how people threw that, you know, just to point that out. I was like, oh, that's something. It's definitely an interesting parallel. And at the same time, I mean, not defending either side because we're not getting political here. But, I mean, I guess the officer shot once. And at the same time, you're an officer in Miami, Florida. I'm not saying it's right because, you know, you you really can't have a mindset of, I know what I'm getting into when you go to a call, but just... I don't know. Everyone says things are crazier in Florida. So maybe, I don't know. Either way, I just was like, that's an interesting parallel with those two stories. Just throwing it in there. Yeah. And I guess he tried to yell out. So it is crazy. He said Rudy just growled at him. That's so creepy. The officer and first responders, they, like I said, Rudy did fall next to Ronald. Um, He was shot dead at the scene. So he unfortunately lost his life in this attack. The officers said that there was just blood everywhere. Some articles claim that you couldn't tell what flesh was around Ronald's face. And they said it was kind of just blood and... That would really be horrifically traumatizing. First of all, I couldn't imagine being in your car... Or a cyclist witnessing that. Like, that's just so horrific. But to be an officer and to just respond and, oh, man. Yeah. And you're showing up and seeing that and you have to stop it. It's just so much. About 80% of the skin on Ronald's face was 
either eaten or pulled off. Both eyes were lost, one due to damage because of the attack. The other was completely gouged out of the socket at the scene. Ew. Much of Ronald's nose was missing, was also torn off. But Ronald did survive the attack. Oh my god, that's crazy. But I'm really glad he did, because that's so horrific. And it was, I never even thought about this. He survived, I believe he even sat up when all of this happened, which is just crazy that he was still conscious throughout the whole thing. But one of the articles made a really good point that a bite from a human being gets infected so easily because of the bacteria we spread in our mouths. So the article was like, it's truly a miracle that he survived with all the bites and things that he had that it didn't get infected because some of the articles that were written at the time in 2012 were like, yeah, he survived, but no one be too hopeful yet because it's going to be a long road and infection could easily take someone's life at that point. But Ronald kept pushing. Like I said, he was 65 at the time. Ronald was actually from Brooklyn, New York. Crazy that he ended up in Miami, Florida. He was said to be a gifted student who just took the wrong path, which is sad. They said he went to a prestigious school and he was really into it. But I believe after graduating, he got into alcohol addiction, which led him to a life of petty crime and living on the streets. Ronald's family and his daughter, they hadn't spoken to him in over 30 years, and they actually believed he was dead due to his lifestyle. That's really sad. They saw his photo on the news when people were showing, because they had an old mugshot of Ronald's and Rudy's as well that they showed when this happened, and they saw it and were like, oh my god, Rudy is, or I'm sorry, Ronald is not dead, but this horrible, horrible thing just happened. Ronald obviously needed numerous facial reconstruction surgeries that spanned months, years for sure, actually not even months. A fund was set up on his behalf as of, I believe, 2014. The fund had received over $100,000 in donations for Ronald's surgery and recovery. Oh, good. The last article that I saw did say that Ronald had recovered He is still disfigured and left blind following the attack, but he has publicly thanked police for saving his life and said that the attack started when Rudy approached him claiming he couldn't score down at the beach. Ronald believed that he was on something because Rudy's mood quickly changed He accused Ronald of stealing his Bible and said that they were all going to die before he attacked Ronald without a warning, which gives still no answers. And that's just so strange why he even went down there. This is like so odd. I wish there was more details on what Rudy did when he was actually at the beach. I know. Ronald has completed his rehabilitation program. He can now dress himself, shower, and shave independently. He has also gained a good amount of weight back. He was a little skinny since he was homeless at the time, 
but he has gained back some weight and learned to play the guitar in his spare time. Oh. In this part, the medical facility where he stayed and recovered also offered him permanent living. So the rest of Ronald's life can be spent just getting the care and the peace that he deserves. And he does live a quiet life. He doesn't let visitors come and see see him. He basically only communicates kind of with the people he trusts at the facility. So Understandable. I bet you would have a lot of PTSD. Oh, yeah. And just a lot of trust issues. And Ronald was 65 at the time. He's already older. So it just kind of makes me happy that he can... Stay in a facility where he feels safe and practice the guitar. Yeah. Okay, this is, like, so many parallels, though, to my attack. Like, a naked man just, like, coming up to you out of nowhere and then attacking for no reason. I'm like, I feel, like... Yeah, your personal attack. Yeah. I know. It, like, feels like I get definitely what Ronald went through. And I get how fast, yeah, it's, like... one second someone's saying something to you that's weird and you're trying to even comprehend like what they're saying and the next minute it's just like okay like I'm being attacked. I was a little hesitant to do the story once I got into it. I was like oh I hope Jackie's not triggered at all or anything. If you guys don't know what we're talking about we Jackie had is amazing and gave us all the opportunity to hear her true story with an attack at random. We do have an episode on that under um, our true crime stories. So if you want the full story, give it a listen. But but clearly it's like somewhat similar to this. Exactly. So yeah, I thought that too. I was like, oh, it's very... It's just like so crazy how, one, this can't happen out of nowhere. I definitely get, I'm sure, how Ronald felt And it is hard afterwards, like, being able to trust people. But anyway, keep going. I think the biggest thing, too, the biggest question for this case and your case is just why. Yeah. Why? I think that, like, literally why. At random, when you're not doing anything. And you're not gaining anything from it. Like, that's the part that's so weird to me, how... You know, it's not like a sexual assault where there is some form of gratification. Like, it's for nothing. And I wish I could give an answer. I wish I could give you guys, this is what happened and he told people and everything. But I just don't. Obviously, the main thing that people say about this case, not just people, but police even quickly believed the reason for this entire thing was the drug bath salts, which at the time kind of was just floating around the scene. If you guys don't know what bath salts are, they're self-explanatory for actually what they are, but go look into it. They're a hell of a drug. Um, Based on the ferocious nature of the attack, that is what people thought And police also determined when they investigated that when they searched Rudy's car, there were five water bottles that appeared to be purchased that morning, but were all empty. And police say that bath salts causes the user to get really hot from the inside out. So they were also like, okay, Rudy undressed too as he walked along the causeway 
it definitely seems like bath salts because, you know, you get really hot, you drink a lot of water. However, toxicology reports did not find the presence of bath salts and only found cannabis. So at the same time, there were a lot of people who were, some people even wanting to say cannabis is to blame. Other people were just saying maybe mental illness. It had to have been mental mental illness. But toxicologists have said that these designer drugs, drugs that are manufactured by humans, when you're testing someone's toxicology, you don't test every single chemical compound that's out there. So toxicologists said that this might not be bath salts that we know of at this time, but that's not to say it's not a mixture of different things. So toxicologists have publicly given their opinions that the behavior that Rudy resembled before was basically, they said it displayed a behavior of someone who did bath salts. It's just strange that the toxicology didn't confirm that. But even with that, it, the medical examiners and people, they weren't completely taking that off the board. They just said that perhaps it was a new drug or something that they just didn't have the test for. Makes sense. It's also weird that they said there wasn't any human flesh found in Rudy's stomach, but there were multiple pills that had not fully digested. So he had to have taken pills very soon if they didn't digest at all in his stomach. But I'm like, what was the reason why, not to be gross, there wasn't flesh in his stomach? Where did it all go then? Maybe he wasn't swallowing it. Maybe he was just like, Oh my god. Gnawing at it, which is just so weird. Like, yeah, that's disgusting. I can't ugh. even talk about that more. Yeah, me either. But something was present. Like I said at the beginning, Rudy's family and friends have been very outspoken after this case. Rudy's girlfriend at the time, she has been kind of like the main spokesperson for the case, along with his mother. Basically, all of them believe, friends, family, girlfriend, all believe that he was drugged when he went to the Urban Beach Weekend celebration against, maybe against his will, but they just mostly believe against his knowledge because they say that Rudy didn't do drugs. His girlfriend even said he wouldn't take a Tylenol for a headache. He just didn't like to. But then that, I'm sorry, but what pills then did he have in his stomach? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not what she saw, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I think there's some sort of disconnect and it's all just so (sighs) odd. I thought maybe because he did like to smoke marijuana that, you know, I've heard people say you can hit a joint that's laced with something, things like that. So I'm not saying I do think that their story is accurate. I do think he was drugged. Whether he intentionally played a part in it, no one's to say. I don't think, though, even if he had anything to do with it, that he knew what he was getting himself into because everyone said he only smoked marijuana and he even said he really wanted to quit marijuana and get his life together. Mm. It does kind of seem like maybe there was some form of drug and he, like, got 
freaked out or just like, yeah, I didn't. Maybe he even realized he couldn't drive. I don't know. Maybe someone put something in his drink. Maybe he was really dehydrated and he took water pills. Like, we don't even know. No one knows. They didn't say what the pills were. No, they couldn't Mm -hmm. tell. So it's just odd. And they weren't, like, in, they weren't digested. So maybe that's why they couldn't tell. But it's like, if they weren't digested, then I don't How could you tell? And I'm like, well, did they not have an effect then? Yeah. So if, like, say, for example, if he did, if the pills were some sort of drug, if they're undigested, then they didn't have an effect on him. Is that what that means? I don't know. Yeah. And it also just seems, it does seem like if you're at some sort of beach weekend, it's not uncommon for someone to be smoking and say, Mm -hmm. do you want to hit this? Like, or as sad as it is, even people to get drugged, like, you never know. And it... It's just, it's just all so strange. The only other explanation that anyone has offered was his girlfriend in an interview did say that maybe someone put a voodoo curse on him because he's Haitian. She, she kind of just said, like, I wonder if they twisted her words because she kind of said that his behavior was so out of the ordinary, it almost seemed like a demon was inside him or it almost seemed spiritually caused. And because he's Haitian, there have been people who have ran with that. It does seem weird that he woke up. It, you know, that's what, the, to me, it's like he woke up and was acting strange. So what drug could possibly... Like, basically get stronger throughout the day. We've done some psychosis episodes in 2022. I almost wonder he... Yeah, if it was like a mental break or something. Some of his friends, he was never diagnosed with anything throughout his life. Some of his friends have said that they thought he had his demons. He had some things going on mentally, but he would never tell anyone or say... I have this going on. So some friends said that perhaps it could have been something mentally related, but none of his friends will give up that they believe he was drugged. Like, they all believe that fully because they just say, even if it was a mental break, it was just too violent for it to be him. Yeah, I mean, a mental break And I can definitely, I've heard in the past stories of people who've had a mental break that's like drug related, even smoking marijuana, even smoking marijuana that somehow causes them not to attack someone, but like, yeah, you get freaked out or something comes up in your brain from your past. And it's just, I don't know. I've heard about like mental breaks before, but never on this level of cannibalistic attack. Yeah. There was either, um, a police officer or one of the toxicologists, someone in the in my research, which I'll link below, someone did say that, that maybe it was a mix of both. Maybe there was an unknown drug, an unknown substance that he consumed, whether voluntary or involuntary. And maybe because he was on the brink of some mental problems that it just like sparked a mental break. There's just no way to tell. And it's just really like the whole story is just really sad. I do feel bad for his family because I don't think Rudy Eugene was a monster. He definitely committed this monstrous act, but 
I don't think he was a monster. You know, the time with him getting into the argument with his mother, he reportedly apologized to police after. So, like, I he wasn't hateful or anything. And he clearly was not in the right state of mind, it seems like, from early that day. Yeah, definitely. It's just really tragic. And Rudy's mother has been outspoken. She said that the Haitian community kind of turned their backs on her. When she was planning the funeral services, she wanted to have it at a Haitian church, obviously. But all of them denied the funeral and Rudy had to have it, I believe, in like a typical funeral parlor, which wasn't, that's not their culture. They didn't want that. That's sad. And apparently it was just really sad. It also said in one of the articles, too, that Rudy's mother at one point overheard women when she was at like a Haitian maybe hairstylist or something, and she heard them saying that they believed it was voodoo and the family had to have been cursed, and she just said she sat there and was shocked. Like, And I just wanted to bring that up, not to make people sad or anything, but just, you know, especially as a podcaster, when we tell these stories, when you put up your theory, you never know who's listening. You never know who could circulate that. Like I said, I think the girlfriend, I think... Honestly, the media misconstrued her words, and I think she was just trying to say it was, it was so, so... Yeah, so out of character that it was, like, almost not them. Right. I hate the fact that people were like, oh, he's Haitian. Food. Yeah, uh-huh. And... Like, stop, like, just being completely stereotypical. And one of the articles even said after this, this was, like, months after when the girlfriend was doing some interviews, they said with, um, I believe, an attorney that the stigma around cannibalism being a joke, being something in movies, it needs to... It can be dangerous. It can be tragic. Like, this is real. There are real stories. And they said that, you know, they, after this attack, they would turn on the... Turn something on. And they said at one point they saw, like, a comedy show make a joke out of it. And she's like, this isn't a joke in the way that the media depicts cannibalism and these events can also play into just everything surrounding it, which I thought was a good point. That is a good point. How often do cases like this happen and people are just like, the Miami zombie, the Cosby cannibal. Like, that's a real person, too. And the victim's a real person. And they both had families. So... Just something to think about. I wish I could give you an answer, Jackie. I wish I could, but I can't. It's so crazy. It is, like, it's really sad for both the attacker and the victim. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really interesting at the same time. I mean, it definitely is, like, something to look into of how this can happen. Yeah. So I just say a prayer for the Popo family and for the Eugene family. I just hope they're both healing. Like, the events are just tragic all around. Yeah. Yikes. They are. It is sad. But we hope you guys, as always, are having a good fall. Yeah, let me know. That was a lot, you guys, but let us know if you remember that. Let us know if you remember that whole thing happening in Miami, if you have any similar stories, if you like this kind of thing. If you heard of it, yeah, like, what you think happened. Yeah, do you think it was drugs? Do you think it could have been something mental? Totally let us know. On Instagram at ooh, that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at ooh, that's creepy podcast at gmail. 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ooh, That's Creepy. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at Ooh, That's Creepy Podcast or send us an email at Ooh, That's Creepy Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.